good vibes. A good evening. I do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. The Knutsons. have taken control as to bring you this special show. Who are the Knutsons? Only good vibes. Only good vibes is the plan. Only good vibes, good vibes. Okay, this is called the Knutson Effect. An honor to have you on just for a, a chat about your story and the history of your music. We're huge fans, and we just ah. we, we love talking about uh, having guests on, learning about the music, and helping the newer audiences learn about yeah, guys like yourself, Lonnie. Uh, where, where did it kind of begin for you then, Lonnie? Where was it? Where did it begin for you in music? I heard as a big music family. Oh yeah, that was it. Um, you know, my father was uh, was part of the harmonizing for gospel group. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they were famous all over the world. And uh, and I found out years later, they were even, uh, who said, uh, they were invited to the White House when uh, I think oh, Roosevelt's wow. funeral. Um, wow. And so um, so we just, I just grew up with music from, the, yeah, from yeah. day one. And so when I was a young kid, you know, all the gospel groups would come by, Dick Summit Birds, they had gospel festivals. Yeah. So I, I met, you know, they think something very Sam Cook was he with the Soul Stirs. Wow. Even people don't realize the uh, Warmack brothers, they started out in gospel. Right. And so from then on, from gospel, so we hear music all the time. And then you of course you on the doo wop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one day I was in high school, I heard Charlie Parker. Uh what was this song? Um Charlie Parker with strings. Yeah. And uh oh man, that, that just blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> that was you sold. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I mean, because I, I I couldn't believe what he was doing. It was he was playing it was so beautiful. It seemed yeah. like he was just flying all through the universe. They said, well, I said, what is that? They said, well, he's playing jazz and his improvisation. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's what I wanted want to do. <laughs> right. yeah, it sounds like a big music family. A lot of legends around the house. The guys like Sam Cooke uh, and around visiting the home as well. Is that right? Oh yeah! Oh shoot! And then uh, I for, I forgot, you know, Sister Rosetta Star. Yeah. Uh, um, she really loved uh, my father, you know, she because they sang at her wedding. I'm not four, and she moved to Richmond, Virginia one time, and uh, then it, it always amazed me mm-hmm. how she could sing and play that guitar. Yeah. And then when I went to London years and years later, all these guys, these rock guys, was listening to her. I said, Oh, okay, and. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it, it was, oh, did you know, I have two younger brothers. Yep. Oh. And the middle brother, Ray Smith, he had a big hit, uh, the John Mills, A Little Bit of Soap. Right. That was, that was my middle brother. And then, of course, you heard Donald singing on all expansions, all, all songs like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a brother that done a lot of the singing on it. Expansions were a huge fan. That track is just timeless. We absolutely love Expansions. What a, what a track. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it, uh, Paul. I mean, the, it it just it was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. when when expansions came out, it just it just took off. The record company called me up and said, "Oh man, we got to reprint or put out more records that worldwide is yeah. people going crazy." And yeah. uh, and I was so naive. They said, "You got to get a manager. You yeah. got to get a uh, you on the charts." So, <laughs> I mean, so I'm, I'm learning about the music business and, and that to go through. But it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. How, what was your uh, your first big break into the music industry? Oh, my first break? Yeah. Um, 
I guess, you know, we, I, I always played in, in bands when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we had a band called Mission on All Stars. We named it after uh, Billy Eckstein uh, group. And uh, then, of course, I went on, went, went, after high school, I went to Morgan State University. And I've been in Baltimore, Maryland. And, mm-hmm. and I met uh, Gary Botts. Because he lived in Baltimore. We all about the same age. So we started hanging out. And I'm going to school. And then we're playing at night. Because his father had a club called the North End Lounge. So we we started playing around Baltimore. And yeah. then sometimes groups would come through. Uh, even we worked with Betty Carter. She came through one time. Mm-hmm. Worked with Ethel Ennis. Uh, that was, so Baltimore was a good training ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, after, after, after that, I went to New York. And started working with uh, all kinds of singers. Uh, of course, Betty Carter again, but she, she, uh, she, for some reason, she always find the young pianists when they come in town. Yeah. And then I started working with uh, Joe Williams and uh, Dakota Staden, Al Hibbler. And yep. then eventually he started working with Art Blakely and the Jazz Messengers, Max Roach, uh, Rasson Roland Kirk. And uh, then, of course, um, you know, then Farrell Saunders and I and me oh, on Thomas, we all got together and that just took off. Yeah, yeah. And then of course got to Barbieri. And then eventually, you know, you get the call from Miles Davis. And that's the icing <laughs> on the cake. Yeah, you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's inspiring stuff, isn't it? I think you know you're on the right path when you get a call from Miles Davis. <laughs> oh, oh uh, Paul, that's that's it. I mean, he's because you know, as you notice, uh all when you all musicians that these one you listen to today, when they left Miles Davis, they formed their own group. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because um, he really made you strong. And oh, okay, I tell you a story. Okay, uh, <laughs> I was in uh, California, so Farrell was doing a record Thimby. Right. So now we're in the studio, and all before that, I, I played the grand piano. So. Everybody else setting up instruments, drums, unpacking horns. Yeah. So um, I don't have anything to do. Piano just waiting. So I see this <laughs> this piano in the, in the corner. I say, I, I say, engineer. I said, what is that? Yeah. He said, that's a Fender Rose piano. I said, oh. So I walked over and just for some reason just started playing it, messing with the knobs. Mm-hmm. And then the creator gave me this song. Farrell, everybody ran over. The engineer said, man, what are you doing? I said, I'm just writing this song, you know. <laughs> and they said, well, man, we got to record this right now. Yeah, wow. And, and they said, um, what are you going to call it? And I I was studying astral projection. You know, you leave your body, float all over the world. Yeah, yeah. It's easier said than done. Yeah. I said, let's call it astral traveling. Yeah. And that was my first time playing Defender Rose. So wow. I get with Miles Davis, so I get excited. I said, okay, now I'm going to really get into Defender Rose. So Miles Davis said, no, uh-uh, I'm tired of that sound. You know, he had Herbie Hancock, yeah. Chick Corea, Joe Zabanu. He wanted a new sound. Yeah, yeah. So he um, he said, I want you to play that instrument. I said, Miles, what is that? The Japanese had given him a uh, Yamaha electric organ, you know, right. like a keyboard. Yep. Yeah. He said, I want, I want you to play that. I want you to hear that. I want to hear that sound. I said, Miles, I never played that one before. He said, that's good. I said, Miles, can I take it home and practice? No. I mean, it's... it's I had, went straight he, in the deep end? Yeah, he, that's it. In other words, he wanted... That's why Miles made you stronger. He wanted you to be creative every night. 
So I had to learn the instrument and I had to be creative because I was learning and, and listening to the sounds. And so it made me stronger. So when I left my house, I formed my own group. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's what happens. But what was it, Lonnie, about the Fender Rhodes? What was it about the Rhodes that just rung with you then? Was it just because that seemed to be the signature sound? What was it about it that just spoke to you? That, that, that's, that's good. What happened was the first time, okay, when I first touched it, because uh, I, I, a lot of keyboard players played, played the Fender Rhodes exactly the way they played the grand piano. You can't do that because it's a yep. different, different color. Yep. So I, I listened to the color and I said, oh, okay. So I was trying to floating with, with the keyboard huh. and in the knobs, you can kind of get a different effect. Yeah. But how, before I did expansions, uh, I would use I was still with Miles when I did, uh, what was the first one? Uh, As for Traveling. Yeah. And I had to leave Miles. I didn't want to leave, but I had to leave because you had to support the record. Yep. So, but when I got with expansions, I looked at Defender Rose and I remember Miles Davis on stage. He had all these pedals hooked up to his trumpet. Mm-hmm. So I said, man, if I hook up all these pedals to this Fender Rose. Yeah. And that's what happened. It worked. And yeah. people said that was like a cosmic sound. Yeah, I hooked yeah. up the wah-wah pedal, the echo, and, and some other things. Yeah. And, and it worked. Yes. And, and Smashing took off. Such a unique, unique sound to you, to your sound, isn't it? And it's that kind of spacey, just a nice kind of uplifting sound, isn't it? Because I That's used to. It. I used to, I always remember when I was younger, I always used to skip school. I always remember this. And I used to listen to expansions on my Walkman, on my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I used to never, I used to, instead of going to school, I would just go somewhere else and just sit and listen to like jazz funk. And I always listen to expansions on the headphones when I was a kid. So you were inspiring me even then. <laughs> oh, that, that's it, man. Because I like when you say spacey, because that's what I try to do. Uh, you know, because playing a whole lot of notes, it's, it's good. But yep. it's like with, with Miles, you know, with Miles said, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, where you put those notes. And because uh, Miles and Monk say the same thing, what you don't play is just as important as what you do play. And yeah, yeah. So you, you need that space. Yeah, definitely. You're very spiritual as well, Lonnie, very spiritual, very kind of positive person. And that comes across in the music, especially expansions. The lyrics to expansions is very, very positive. What what was the thinking behind the, the expansions and the lyrics in there then? Ah. Uh, that was that was it. That was the first time I wrote lyrics. Right. And um, you know, growing up, then you hear the gospel, then you hear the blues. Yeah. And you know, because we all came out of the blues and gospel. And so, you know, especially the blues, that they be they be crying the blues. You say, you know, my baby left me and all that. I said, no, wait a minute, we, we need some some positive lyrics to lift the people up. Yeah. And uh, and I was doing all this studying up in a different philosophies and, and religions. Yeah. And uh, so I was trying to come up with this universal sound and universal uh, lyrics. So, you know, say, let's, let's expand your mind so we can, you know, make this world a better place. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that, that's what I was trying to do with yeah. all the lyrics. The next record was Visions of a New World, where we'd all live in, in peace and harmony. And yeah, I've been trying to do that, so. Yeah. It's, no, it's, so- still shines through it still shines through even such a positive message today more than whenever you know it's ah. very uplifting though i love great track do you um do you practice meditation and you know, yoga and things like that Lonnie? uh well not too much yoga i, I do exercise mm-hmm. uh of course you know it's at one time i um 
I was a part of Shreech and Moy because you know that was uh, Santana did it. He was there, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, John McLaughlin and the not a Michael Warren, mm -hmm. but they had just left when I when I came to. Uh, so I was there for a while, and meditation does work. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And then they had a, a vegetarian vegetarian restaurant. Oh, and okay. So you know, I would. So all, all that, all that works. So, oh, definitely. You know, yeah, I like to try and practice a little bit of meditation and mindfulness as well. I think it really kind of helps, you know, keep you centered and keep you focused on what you're working on. That's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, John, you're right. Cause that's, and that's what I try to put into the music. Mm -hmm. So, cause I want you to, I want you as an audience to listen to the music. And so you can discover who you are and, you know, make yourself and go ahead and do what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I tried to do I tried to do yoga the other day and I could hardly walk after it honestly. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Oh, I, I tried I tried to fall. <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, really. That's it. People they they make it look so easy. <laughs> oh, it's, it's yoga something. Yeah, definitely. See, I was I was going to ask as well, Lonnie. See, Cosmic Funk, the track Cosmic Funk. Was that was that your brother that sang on it? Was it? Did you say it was your brother or? Oh, that was that was Donald. Oh, that was. We, you know, because he got this great voice. My, see, Donald and Ray, you know, my two younger brothers. Yeah. They, they inherited my father's beautiful tenor voice. Yeah. I can only, I can only sing the bass. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's Donald. But the thing is, Bob Field, you know, because he he produced John Coltrane and Duke Ellison, and he, so he had Flying Dutchman Records. Yeah. And uh, so. I don't know. He, he put that cover on uh, Cosmic Funk. I said, "Golly, Bob, Bob!" And so, but you know, but it, people love it. And yeah. so, I know Bob used to come to the studio sometime. He'd mess with. He said, "Lana, I got this new song. I want you to do." I, I said, "What is it?" He said, "It's called Dumpy Mama." I said, "No, Bob, that's not Cosmic." Said, <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed. <laughs> I can't believe that sound actually comes out of his mouth. And that does that actually come out of his face? That is incredible. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. Do you know that Bob, I'm talking about when he, he sings that bit, and it's just like it sounds like a synthesizer or something. Or what? It just sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but Bob or something. But he's he's a great producer, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great team, great team behind it. Could you tell us a bit about working on um, the Guru album as well on Jazzmatize? That was a, a really great album as well. I'm sure you were involved with that one, weren't you? With Down the Back Streets. That was, that was now that one really surprised me because uh, to be honest with you, uh, John, I, they, uh, EMI called me and they said, well, we, we, we're doing this thing called Jazzmatize. Yeah. And I guess it's looking at jazz meets rap or rap meets jazz. And they, they were trying to get the Blue Note covers mm -hmm. uh, theme. So they said, we want to use you on one cut and I think uh, some other, uh, Donald Bird, Roy, Roy Yeah. So I, I said, well, okay, I wasn't doing anything. I said, okay, they're going to fly me to New York, you know, and, and they worked. It was a good deal, mm -hmm. you know, economic-wise. So we we did, uh, I did Down the Back Street. I met all these rappers and uh and then Don Bird and I, we went on a, on a little tour with uh, Guru. Yeah. And, but the amazing thing was, Don Bird and I would go to all the jazz record stores, you know, when during the daytime, and oh, we go to the store, and there are all the rappers in, in the jazz record store looking for records to sample. So <laughs> then they started telling you stories about how they, their uncles and father made them listen to jazz when they were smaller mm -hmm. or younger. And, um, but now it was blowing my mind, 25 years or more later, mm -hmm. yep. 
the whole world is saying Jasmine Chaz is a classic and you're doing all kinds of interviews and yeah, people yeah. are all excited. So yeah, yeah. Well, huge, huge fans of the guru and yeah. uh, DJ Premier on, on the uh, what the guys do. And there's just there's such a fine line between the hip hop and the jazz stuff because obviously those guys, those guys took a lot of influence, massive influence for what you guys were doing into the hip hop music, you know. So it was great to see the guru just making something original with the jazz and the hip hop together. And it's just it's something quite unique, isn't it? That that was, and that's what a lot of the children, a lot of the kids, the youngest generation, they they're discovering us and jazz through the through listening to uh, those samples. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it so it, so it works. All goes you know, you were sampled by um, by Jay Z as well on the Dead President song. That's another absolute classic from hip hop. That's, that's a great song. That's a great sample as well. Oh, that that that, that was a big surprise because yeah. Uh, I mean, because if you, uh, everyone, all the rappers tell me, said that that dead president really helped uh, Jay Z's career. Oh yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's just amazing because when I did a Garden of Peace years ago, I was in the studio, and so you know, and the record companies always put the pressure on you. Oh, we got to have a hit record. So I was sitting at the piano in the studio, and I said, you know, I'm gonna just I'm gonna play what I want to play. I'm just gonna write something beautiful. Yeah, and I, I played uh, Gardner piece uh, on the on the grand piano. Then I overdubbed the electric piano for for different colors. Yep. And so I was just doing what I wanted to do. And years later, Jay Z, Mary J. Blige, and everyone else. Yeah. I mean, man, they, they're crazy about the song, and yeah, they're just yeah. sampling it. And so that's, that was a big surprise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful track. It's one of probably one of Jay Z's oh, best oh, tracks that came from the inspiration from yourself. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, oh thanks. All right. Where do you stand on like sampling and that as well, Lonnie? Do you think there's positivity in sampling? Do you think it's helped a lot of people uh, get, a, get a new music, I guess, as well, new sounds? Yeah, I, the, the younger generation, they're discovering jazz and us through through the samples. Yeah. Because yeah. they're here and they say, oh, okay, let me, let me get excited. And when I when I talk to younger, younger uh, people who buy records, yeah, they, they just... I mean, uh, I feel good because they say the song is just so peaceful. Yeah. And then they go back and start listening to it. And um, so so the samples, they they, they work. Yeah. Although now, you know, the business side, sometimes people sample you and, and won't let you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I guess that's just regular business life. Yeah. 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 No, it's incredible. I just love seeing that, the kind of the merge of jazz and hip hop. And it was great to see you supporting those kind of ventures especially like we say with the jazzmatas and just because there's such a close connection with jazz and hip-hop yeah, that seems worked, to get lost so well as well yeah. merging that jazz and hip-hop together it just really did work so so well together yeah uh, you're right because i mean it was amazing uh when the record came out because you know at that time youtube wasn't doing too much uh playing but mm. when they heard jazz jazzmatas oh yeah. man they got all excited yeah i guess they would say jazz meet rap or rap meet jazz and uh so it was, it was like it was like I said, very surprising how things affect people. Because I'm, you know, I grew up, in, you know, I'm listening to John Coltrane and yeah. Charlie Parker and Miles, and but you know they, uh, oh okay, I was on a, uh, I think it was a TV show one time, yeah, with Guru, and so I'm talking about, oh man, y'all got to listen to John Coltrane. These are young kids, I mean, real young kids. I yeah, said y'all yeah. got to listen to John Coltrane, Miles Davis. 
So they're just sitting there, no reaction. So all of a sudden, one of the kids said, Guru. I said, yeah, I did Guru Jasmine Tag. Man, I was I was a superstar then. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you said you, you went touring with the, the rappers as well, yeah? Uh, oh, with touring? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Donald Byrd and I went, was on tour with, uh, with Guru. And I mean, actually, I think we were, we were in Japan. And oh, wow. It was amazing how I at that time you could see how big rap was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all these young Japanese kids and even the ones in Europe. Yep. I mean, they were wearing, they were dressing like the rappers, mm-hmm. they were yeah. talking like the rappers. Because you know, you didn't know it, you didn't know it was was that big. Yeah. Yeah, it was a whole new movement. What a movement that was. The hip hop movement was just absolutely exploded, right. didn't it? it. That, that was it. What was Japan like, Lonnie? I've been to Japan once, and it's just did you enjoy it out there? That is just a phenomenal place, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Well, you, Japan. One thing I, I give them credit. Um, I mean, they, they they really listen to the music, and yeah. I, I think y'all do the same thing because uh, they they really read the line of notes and everything. Because a lot of times they ask you a question, you, you you're not even thinking about it, or you forgot <laughs> about it. <laughs> but they're really into the liner notes and they really yeah. listen to the music. And um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a great experience once you start traveling to see how big the music is. Because yeah. the record comes in America, won't tell you that the music is, is worldwide and doing all these sales. And right. So, uh, so when you start traveling, you get a chance to see that people really love the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I think it's what just. What would you say are like some of your kind of highlights, your favorite experiences so far in your in your time in the music industry? Um, I guess when Expansions came out, I, you know, I went to London, uh, and they said, "Oh, you're the was it father of jazz fusion funk." Uh-huh. And uh, then then you go down go down to Australia. I mean, they just they went crazy, and uh, <laughs> but, but, but that that that's a long one. I thought Japan was long, but when you're flying from America to Australia, yeah, that, that's a long trip. A long haul. Yeah, is that long haul? You twenty-four but, uh, hours or something, isn't it? Huh? Is that not like twenty-four hours or something to to travel that far? Oh, the airlines. Yeah, that's a long. Oh, oh yeah, but I mean, this is you. You, you got to be ready. I mean, you, okay, go to Japan. It, it takes about sixteen hours, I think. Mm-hmm. And you you don't watch about four or five movies. You still got about six eight hours to go. <laughs> and but going to Australia, it, it's it's almost like twenty four hours. Yeah. And, and you and you lose, you lose times. And then, and when you're coming back, it's really strange that you you leave Australia on a Wednesday and you arrive back in America on a Wednesday. Ah, yeah. So it's back to the future. Well, what's that like? Right. Like when you when you go to the place as well, do you get a bit of time to acclimatize before you're on stage, or were you just like straight off the plane up on the stage? Oh, oh no, you can't do that. No, you got to always get there a day before, and you and you can negotiate to get there two days before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, because um, oh man, this is that jet lag will tear you up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
in the sunshine. Two Scottish Scottish guys wouldn't handle the sunshine very well, I don't think. That's <laughs> <laughs> hot. That's hot out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John, John, a little bit of sunshine today, Lonnie, and it's like we're already hiding indoors. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. We're not used to this sunshine. <laughs> oh, do we have sunshine? Scotland's finally got some sunshine. It's been a long winter, oh, Lonnie, but we're finally, and John's just got a little bit of sunburn on his baldy yeah, head. I think. Up here. Oh. <laughs> okay, so what y'all? What time is it over there now? Uh, it's like half past six at night. Yeah, thirty p.m. Oh my god! Okay, y'all about six or five or six ahead of us. Yeah, Lonnie, what what kind of music are you listening to just now? Just out of curiosity, is there some new artists that are inspiring you or? Because it's interesting uh, to think what, what you might, what the viewers should check out and who we should be checking out for someday. Uh, you know, if I go on YouTube, I, I'm just, oh, I, I love listening to Train because they're very inspiring. And, 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 and of course, Miles and all that. But lately, oh man, this group, uh, was it Silk Sonic? Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. came out with uh, Leave Bruno the Door Mar- Open. Yeah. Oh man, that blew me, that blew me away. Bruno, said, Bruno oh. Mars. Bruno Mars, isn't it? Huh? Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, isn't it? That's it. And they came out with Leave the Door, but I I mean they really surprised me. I mean they 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 did a good job on that one. Mm-hmm. I hope the album is the whole album comes out to be just as good as that song. Yeah, the same sort of vibe. They've captured that that kind of magic of the 70s, I think, haven't they? Oh, right. And then yeah. they I mean real nice chord changes, everything. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that inspires other people to hopefully step up and follow suit as well, or other artists to do similar. That, you know, I, I hope so too because yeah. they 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 did it right, and so I hope they other artists will, you know, start going the same direction. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting times in music now. People have, have opened up and appreciating the music from the from the, those kind of decades now a lot more than they had before. And there's a great interest in the kind of younger listeners for looking back to how the music was written back then, because we just can't match it, can we, George? <laughs> Us youngsters can't match what you guys done, Lonnie. You done it too good. <laughs> hey, that, that's I mean, Paul. I mean that that's it. Because uh, because people always say, if you notice, the most creative period in music uh, so far was the '70s. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just everybody was creating and. Uh, so I mean, then, then they act, they are, you know, the young ones. They call us OGs, <laughs> <It's amazing. laughs> and it's well, it's just to say, well, what happened? I don't know. But everybody was kind of studying Earth when it fired. Everybody was, you know. Yeah. Then you know, even uh, you know, Sun Ra. Every, everybody was studying. So, mm-hmm. but now it's. Uh, I think social media is great, but it's, but you know, there's good and bad to everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah. I think social media is kind of taking you away. Uh, yeah, because you you still got to. Yeah, sometimes it becomes silly. a bit more a bit more focused on the social media itself as opposed to the music. It kind of takes away from the music in a sense. That's 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 a good that's a good point. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's hey, so social media is great, but you, but you still got to you know, uh, like Bruno and and uh, the other young man uh, did. Yeah, but uh, leave the door open. They they did a good job of uh, putting it together. I was surprised. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think it should never be sales over creativity. Shouldn't it? it should always be creativity first. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that's it. Creativity has to be first. Yep, definitely. No, I, th- I like that. I like Bruno Mars. The fact that he's in that position to do something like that, and he's using that position to do it. Because a lot of people would like to play it safe once they get to the 
to the top these days, you know, so that's why I love Bruno Mars, the fact he's thinking, no, let's pay respects to what's inspired him over the years, you know, and, and just change it up to, to something modern as well, you know. Ah, that's that's it. I mean, because, I mean, I think what is, uh, what he did, some kind of funk, uptown funk and all that, it was, it was good. Right. But, but I, I can see he's making a natural progression. <laughs> and just like, you know, like, okay, we started with gospel, then yeah. we started with blues, and then you, you're doing all that, then you get, bam, you get to expansion. So, I mean, so we, we all make that transition. So it seems, I hope he can keep it going. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, the yeah. music industry must be like in a vastly different place from what it was when you first started getting involved in the industry. Where, where do you think things are going to go next? Uh, that's, now, that's really interesting because... Um, for a while, the music industry, you know, because I don't have a studio, but a lot of the young kids they have studios in their home, and uh, yeah. you can, you can, you can, do, you can, they can make a record right there. They don't have to use the big studios like like we used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so the record companies were having a big problem, but but the record companies is still tricky because that streaming people don't realize. The artist is not getting paid what he's supposed to be, you yeah. know, get paid. Yeah. And the, the, the record companies have figured out how they can get most of the money, which is, you know, un, you know, which is very unfair. Yeah, yeah. So um, so it seems like streaming there and, and, and the record companies are taking advantage of that. So uh, yeah, I think I guess the artist got to figure out another way how to make that, balance that out. Yeah, I think they're trying to try to shake that up a bit now. Hopefully, a lot a lot of the musicians are trying to get on board and push that the other way. I think right now, so hopefully, some good comes of that. Right, I hope so. You're right. <laughs> You're such a positive guy as well, Laurie. Such a spiritual guy. Have Have you got any any advice for people who have been kind of living through the, the the difficult year that we've had, and now that we're starting to hopefully come out the other end? Have you got any advice for people and looking to positive times ahead? Yeah. It, it, what. What I found out, because um, when it happened, um, I saw reflecting, yeah. and and this this, that, this is a good period to start reflecting and and say, well, because you know, you were just moving. All mm-hmm. of us were just moving, and and we weren't really realize how how much moving we were doing mm-hmm. and running around, and and then all of a sudden this hits, and you said. Oh man, I don't need to do that anymore. This is yeah. That, that's that's what you need to do. Because uh, I mean, you know, jumping on planes and hotels and not getting any sleep and yep. man, you were just running and you and you weren't really thinking uh, yeah, about yeah. what you were doing. So I think people should use this as a uh, a good reflection. I noticed that uh, even okay, a lot of women there saying. Uh, when things kind of get back to normal and start going back to work, they're not going to be doing a lot of the, the crazy uh, wearing of clothes, certain clothes and makeup and all this stuff. I mean, because they've been working from home. I mean, a lot of things you were doing were just unnecessary. And uh, so I think people should use it as a good reflection and start cleaning out things spiritually, mentally and everything that you really, yep. you, you really don't need to do anymore. Yes, good advice. Yeah, let us take a step back and just see it for what your life was, I think, definitely. That's you right. Yeah, so, I think it's, it's giving people that time to focus on like what's most important to them and really just kind of uh, zoning in on that type thing. 
That, that's it. I mean, right. Because that's just trying to find out what is most important. Because a lot of times you, you, you're moving and running around and, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, totally. You can get stuck in those routines, I guess, that like yeah. that maybe aren't doing you any good. I mean, you get time to like step back from that and reflect on it. You that's can it. Changes to yourself. That's 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 it. Thank you. Like a lot of things we're doing, you need, like you say, it's not not doing us any good. Yep, definitely. So what's no. next for you, Lonnie? What's uh, what's next in the agenda for you? Yeah, that's a good question because I mean, like I said, I'm staying in the house, and uh, <laughs> I'm not that interested in start jumping on those planes and hotels. Australia. In in anytime soon, um, but if I lived in places like New York or because studios is or California, LA, because most of the musicians are in LA and New York, uh, that would be easy. But then yep. Virginia, you can't go to the, uh, you know, not, not that many. All the creative musicians, I mean, you know, our name was out there in New York and LA. Yeah. So um, so I, I'm just I'm still like I'm just still reflecting and mm-hmm. just deciding on if you know I really want to really get back out there or just yeah. do certain things. Yeah. And um, so just kind of play it by ear right now. Cool. Yeah, see where it goes. Yeah. And just just to ask you a random question on it, uh, do you watch Netflix? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I <laughs> I, because I, 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 well, I guess I can say it. Because uh, we, we got Verizon, and and that's a whole lot of money. You know, you got Verizon phone, cell phone, and we, you know, we still got a landline. So we got we got a whole bunch of stuff on Verizon. That's a whole lot of money. And yeah. I think I think you have to pay for Netflix. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So although uh, there was one thing on Netflix I watched, uh, they let me watch it was uh, what was that guy? He was a uh, they call him the Black Godfather or something. He worked for on a, the record companies. Um, I can't think of his name, but uh, oh, he's real famous. He's back. Uh, he worked for Columbia Records and all that stuff. And oh yeah, and so um, and that was interesting. Um, but you, you, you watch Netflix a lot. I'm surprised John watches. He's John seen everything on Netflix. I, I, think. I, I think I completed it, Lonnie. So I, I, I stopped oh watching goodness. it a few months ago. I was watching it too much. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, Netflix. <laughs> oh, okay, because I, I mean, I, I do watch certain things like that. We, what, right now, I'm watching, uh, but it's on regular Godfather of Harlem, you know, and oh, things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've not seen that yet. I've not seen that one. Yeah, yeah so, but I. That I, one. I, I I haven't been on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> too much music. Uh-huh. Too, too much music to get stuck into. There's some great music documentaries on Netflix. Great documentaries about music, history. Oh, there's, and a, lot of, oh, there's well, a lot yeah. of music documentaries on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tons of stuff. Uh-huh. For that. You can get lost in it a little bit, don't you, John? There's like, you spend a lot, too much time oh, on Netflix. Oh, end, <laughs> I, I really want to, I haven't seen the Billy Holiday story yet. I mean, I want to, yeah. I think there's a documentary on Billy Holiday. I, you know, I want to see that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll just wait till it come on to what, what I already have. Yeah. Lonnie, is is there a is there an album that you that stuck with you over the years? That like an artist or a, an album that you is your go to album that's kind of maybe inspired you over the years, or an artist or a band? Who, who would you say is your kind of biggest influence musically over the years? Uh, let me see. Well, oh, I, I guess it would have to be you know, like I said, I heard first heard Charlie Parker. Yeah, and, and that was it. I guess that's that's another reason why I approach the keyboards the way I do, because I always love the um, 
the horn players. Yeah. You know, because uh, I listen, you know, Charlie Parker, Train, and Miles, and I always loved what they did because now on, when, when you play the, the keyboard, uh, they call it, it was the grand piano, they called it the well tempered uh, clavichord. In other words, mm-hmm. You can't bend the notes like like the horn players do and the guitar players do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to trying to get those sounds, which is you know, it was just hard to do. Yeah. And um, and then when I worked with Max Roach, he told me this story about Charlie Parker. Uh, he took a job washing dishes in a club so he could hear Art Tatum play piano every night. <laughs> wow. And I mean, so Art Tatum. He was influenced by R. Tatum, so but then when I heard Charlie Parker, I said, "Oh shoot! I wish I could do that on the keyboard." But uh, <laughs> so I mean, I guess that's where I approach the piano because I, I hear a lot of the horn players, and yeah, uh, yeah. and and I remember uh, when I was uh, with Miles because uh, you know we used to talk about Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, and him and Jimi Hendrix were supposed to do an album together, but of course, Jimi, you know, he, he yeah, passed. Yeah. yeah, before they did. Can you imagine if Miles and Jimmy Hendrix had put that? Oh, man, that, that would have been incredible. Wow. That would have been a game changer, I think. <laughs> wow. That would have been incredible. Yeah. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, Laurie. Absolute pleasure having you on, on our little show for a chat, just to learn more about your story and hopefully inspire some of the viewers of our show to, to learn oh, more man. about you, listen back to your music, because it's just an incredible journey. And yeah, we're huge, huge fans. So thanks for taking time out. What an honor. All right. Well, hey, man, it's my pleasure. I mean, I'm glad. I'm, I'm sorry it took me so long, but. Uh, no, no worries. Yeah, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for taking the time to chat to us, Lonnie. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. All right, it's my pleasure, brother. Right. You take care, over there. I'm sure we'll catch up with you again soon one day, Lonnie. You take care, all right? All right. Well, you should catch up one day, what? We'll catch up one day, I'm sure, if we get you back on for a chat on the show one day. You keep in touch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Who knows? I might get lucky we meet in person. We'll see what happens. Get yourself over to Scotland. Come over to Scotland while the sun's out. Oh, okay. You need, be, you need to be fast. You need to be quick, though. All right. Now, you take care, Lonnie. We'll speak to you soon, all right? All right, brother.